Sail Pensacola is about the business and fun of sailing on the Pensacola Bay. My name is Tim Reichon, and today I'm talking to Hardy Peters of East Coast Sail about birdie fish and Flow One, two exciting foiling monohulls new to the U.S. market. Why? Because sailing is our business. We are six weeks into 2024 and 190 days away from the AC-37 regatta, which will be sailed in Barcelona on foiling 75-foot monohulls. And this past weekend, the powered racing world saw the first on-water rally of the E1 electric-powered hydrofoiling racing skiffs flashing some of the biggest names in sport. In ocean racing, the ultimate class of giant foiling trimarans are one month into and halfway around their high-speed loop of the planet. It is not an exaggeration to say that hydrofoiling is surging, and in sailing, it explains how the fastest boats achieve 60 knots on wind alone. Sailors of all ages want a taste of this speed, but are often discouraged by the technical complexity and the price of the most visible foiling options. Against that backdrop, Aeronamics introduced Flow One and Birdie Fish, foiling monohulls aimed to on-ramp the pre-foiling masses. To dig into these boats, I reached out to Hardy Peters of East Coast Sail. He agreed to visit Pensacola on February 12th to present these boats in person and on the water of the Pensacola Bay. Today, I chat with Hardy about what has gone into the design and philosophy of Flow One and Birdie Fish. Welcome, Hardy Peters. Give me the history on how this design came to be and is it related to the Emokas and the boats that we see on the ocean race? Actually, they are. So a little background on both of these boats. And so I'm going to kind of lump them up into one and one right now because they both have a very similar background. Uh, both the Flow One and the Aeronamics or Flow One Aeronamics and the Breed Fish came from the fact that somebody was trying to find a foiling boat that the everyday sailor could use. Um, and what you saw out there, and I tried this five or six years ago as well, too. I tried, we tried to start a foiling program. Was you see the wasp, the moth, uh, the you had the whisper catamaran, you had the phantom, uh, you had some other boats out there, and now you have the iFly 15 and the B foil out there and stuff like that. You find all these boats that are out there, but how many of these boats can the everyday sailor? So if I pull a sailor off the street and say, what is your sailing experience? They say, well, I sail a little bit of 420s. I do some big boats. Understand the concept of sailing and understand that whole thing. Can you put them in a wasp and have them sailing within an hour? Probably not. And then second of all is the weight issue. So, you know, all those boats require somebody around 165 pounds, 170 pounds to be able to get those boats to fly easily. Um, and so what the designers thought process was can we create a boat that the everyday sailor could 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 sail in the flow one's case they created a small boat single hand boat with the outward facing wave piercing foil uh, this one does have a centerboard in it to help help create that 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 tension to keep it from keep it keep it sailing in a straight line so you have some great upwind maneuverability with that boat 
but you have a boat that can literally foil an eight to nine knots of wind in the right conditions. And wow. so that boat doesn't is not very high off the water, but you're foiling in in eight to nine knots of wind. And the upward spins, these are not, you know, some foiling boats will go 25, 30 knots, you know, and just a crazy speed. You're zipping through, look like a bunch of fireflies are flying through there like like the moth boats. These, no, they, these aren't super fast, but they're easy. You can do 20 knots with them. You can, you can uh, uh, pull up your windward foil in certain conditions once you get good at that boat. Uh, but they're designed to be uh, uh, in the water both at the same time. There was clearly a kind of an entry consumer in mind by the designers. And so is that why the speeds are capped off a little bit from just a power plant standpoint? It has to do with the hydrodynamics of the boat. And because you have an oversized foil that's in the water, it's wave piercing. So it's somewhat self-regulating because once you get some of that foil out of the water, it's going to start, it's going to have less lift. So it's actually what they call self-regulation. It'll actually self-regulate your height. On the flow one, you have uh, what I call a dollar rake on a on on the rudder. You can rake the rudder in and out depending on where you want to be in, in your foil profile. Uh, you can do that. Um, and so on the other side of the spectrum is the is the so you have the single hander, which is the flow one. You have the birdie fish, which is a double hander, and I've seen up to three people in that boat. Um, and it is the same type of foil, except no centerboard. Uh, those foils are large enough that they reduce the need for a centerboard and still allow that boat to point. Uh, those foils are pretty wide. That boat at its widest point when the foil's out is 11 feet wide. Holy smokes. And so does that yes. allow it to go upwind without a centerboard at a, at a pointing angle that's similar to the, the flow one? It's, sim it's similar. It won't point as much as the flow one, but it'll point up. We've sailed upwind quite a bit with that boat, um, and it's a matter of getting the sail shape right and getting your weight right on the boat, getting up in the front of the boat, and, and moving your weight up uh, to get her out, to get her up upwind and stuff. Uh, but she's she's a great boat. She also has the wave piercing foils. There is a static rake system on that boat on a rudder. In other words, you set it for medium high low wind, um, and it's pretty much we set it in one location and left it there the entire year and so it's it's in that boat on the on the on the, on the birdie fish the um uh, the way you manage the the height of the boat is by your body weight on the boat so you slide forward or you slide back so you want to get up really quick you slide all the way forward the boat will pop up as you're going faster and faster you're moving back but then again you know, the, the boats are inherently stable because of those outward facing J foils. And so the boat, once it's up, it's on its tripod, it's on its tripod. It, the hiking that you would normally consider with a, with any monohull is not really there. Uh, there's pictures of us going 19 knots and videos of us going 19 knots. And we're sitting there having a conversation, uh, which is pretty, it's super fun. It's super easy. Uh, most of uh, our top speed on the birdie fish was 21.3 knots uh, this last summer. Our top speed, my top speed on the flow one right now is about 15 knots. And that was more of a wind condition issue. How do they handle sea state? There's always a limit to a boat in sea state. However, um, depending on the boat. So on the flow one, which is a much lower ride height, 
you're going to be limited to uh, probably three to four feet, uh, depending on what you're doing, whether you're going uh, cross into the waves, parallel to the waves, or down wave. It all really depends on, on what you what you have going on there as far as, as your sea state and how long that wavelength is. If it's a short chop, you're going to get really wet, but it'll be super fun. On a long chop, and you cut, you're coming down off the back of the wave, off the top of the wave going down, you're going to watch how you don't dig about uh, on, on big waves. But generally, anything under three feet is fine. And that generally covers most most conditions, especially in, in, a, in a protected bay or, or anything like that, unless you're in the ocean. Uh, the birdie fish, on the other hand, your ride height is you're over two feet off the water. Uh, and so it manages chop uh, really, really well. I'd say closer to, we've been out there three and a half feet uh, of chop, uh, close and long, and had no issues whatsoever. Um, the nice thing about being a scow is that when you do aerate those foils and you come off, it falls down and skips and comes right back up again. Now talk about the materials in these boats, because they're made for entry point sailors, and yet probably you had to be or wanted to be somewhat sensitive to weight issues and performance issues as well. So how did you arrive at the material choices? So the materials for the boats, obviously the most, the, the strongest part of the boat is going to have to be the foils. And so the foils are are a carbon or a carbon foil. I'm trying to find the thing here. It's a it's a carbon. It's an infused carbon foil with a epoxy epoxy carbon um, foil with a uh, epoxy infused foam core on the inside. So it makes them light, but incredibly strong. They're both like that. Um, one is painted, uh, so the foam one will be a a natural lacquered uh, 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 carbon look to it, which is really nice. Uh, and then the uh, birdie fish is actually pink. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it has a gel coat, a pink gel coat on it, which is really nice. Uh, but they're very, very strong. The boats themselves are foam core. They're Eric foam. Uh, they're infused, so they're very, very strong. Uh, they are laminated on top of that, so all the bulkheads, everything like that, is is built separately and then put together uh, in the mold. Uh, once the hull has been infused and set up and then it's assembled together like that. So very, very strong boats. Um, both uh, the Flow 1 and the Birdie Fish are built very similarly. The Flow 1 has a 24-foot mast. It's a lot of carbon. It's two-piece uh, and a carbon boom. So it's very light, very but but a lot of sail area. Uh, the concept behind the, the Flow 1 is that, you know, at a, it's... Um, much weight is it? It's 110 pounds. So it's a very, very light boat. So you can trailer it or you can put it in the back of a pickup truck or you can actually put it on the, on the rooftop. And that two-piece mass makes it easy. You just take it apart, tie it up next to there and you're you're off. So it's a very simple boat to get around uh, anywhere. You could drive on the beach, drop it in the water uh, on a dolly and, and, and go out that way. Uh, the, the birdie fish, a little bit of a bigger boat. Uh, has a, an aluminum mast. It's a very, very straight aluminum mast with very, very wide spreaders. So you have a lot of strength in that mast because you have a lot of loads going on that thing. Much shorter than, it's actually shorter than the flow one, uh, but a lot more sail area. So the birdie fish has, you know, pretty much um, 150 square feet of upwind area and 215 square foot of downwind sail. Wow. So that jetiker comes all the way around, almost to the stern of the boat when it's all the way out. 
it is it is a massive sale. Wow, a massive sale. But it's very, but then again, very stable. So it's, a lot, a lot of sellers. So that's so that aluminum mass is probably a little bit bigger than what the uh, flow one mass is. Uh, so it's probably four inches in diameter. So it's a it's a beefy mast. The designers didn't want to put a chute on the flow one, I guess. <laughs> um, not on this version of it, but keep you know keep keep looking out. There's 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 some other stuff and 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 development for a double hand version of uh, of an aerodynamics boat uh, that would be coming down the line, hopefully one day soon. So um, yeah, I mean the 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 goal the goal. Let's start with the flow one first. The goal has always been to create a boat that was simple easy to rig, fast to sail. You don't spend a lot of time doing maintenance on it. Um, there's regular stuff you'll do maintenance on, just uh, keeping things clean and, and, and lubricated and all that kind of stuff. But it gives you a chance to, to get on a boat that is that is you don't spend a lot of time of, you know, obsessing about and going out and foiling and have a good time. The, the, the goal of the manufacturer is to create a one design class for these boats so that you're able to either go out a recreational sale or to go out and 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 race with your peers uh so sailing duloc and 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 like garda they have a fleet of about three of these they do some small one you know three boat regattas at the same time uh for their guests they do a rental program and they, they put on these little events and everything like that and they also do the foiling week stuff as well too uh, so yeah, the the manufacturer's goal is to create a one design class because that's how you build the the market for these boats is by creating that one design class. I think that you know here in the U.S. we could do the same thing. I think having a place like Sail Pensacola that could have a, a one stop shop for for all things foiling, I think is a great is a great concept, and I think that we can definitely we can definitely do that and help support that. Um, I was just in Martinique uh, for a couple of weeks, uh, sailing a regatta down there. And everywhere I look, what did I see? Foiling uh, uh, kite borders and wing wing dingers and catamarans, and everybody was foiling. And so, yeah, we are behind the times here in the U.S. And there's there's a lot of people that are doing it, but they're doing it individually. So how do we get everybody together? And I think what you guys are doing at Sail Pensacola is a very good thing. Um, on the other hand, birdie fish, same concept. Um, they are actually in France. They do uh, like three or four uh, one design regattas a year. Uh, so right now, so far, uh, they some of those regattas are on some of the videos that I've sent, and some of the videos that are available on YouTube and through uh, their website. Um, they're doing uh, some some fun. You know, how do you sail up when on a windward leeward course with a, with a foiling boat? Well. You got to practice, but can you do it? Yes. And so they're they're doing also some hybrid courses as well too. And, and Flow One is doing this as well too. And that they're doing the Sail GP kind of course with the with the uh, with the, the the reaching start. So you're building up speed, getting that that reaching start to get up there and, and, and sailing those races as well too. They've also adopted some of the 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 race courses from the windsurfing world, in which you will have. A, a W course. So it's almost like a slalom course that you can get those boats on. Um, and, you know, they, Birdie Fish, whole intent from the start is A, to have a boat that's achievable and that's accessible to everybody to sail. But, and then secondly, is to create a foiling class out of that boat. And that's, and that's what their goal is. That's what they've been working for towards right now. 
And I, and I can see that happening here in the U.S. What is that price point going to look like for getting the Flow One audience and the Bernie Fish audience? What's it going to take them to launch? The price price point right now for the base boat uh, for the Bernie Fish, I think, is around sixteen five, um, which is oh sorry sixteen five for the Flow One, uh, and then the Bernie Fish starts at I think twenty four right now, um, and uh, so we just got six boats in. They're sitting on our loading dock right now, covered up. Uh, plus our, our demo boats that we have as well too. Uh, and so that's, it's, it's not a very bad price for a boat that is, uh, very well designed, carbon foils, good sails, uh, aluminum or carbon mast. Uh, they have, have really put some thought process into making it durable, low maintenance and easy to get in and out of. Well, I am so excited. You're going to come to Pensacola on Monday and, we're going to have a little question and answer time at the Jetty IoT. And that's going to just be a, probably a small group of sailors that are interested in asking more technical questions about the boat, um, you know, materials and stuff like that, and probably some background stuff. And then we're going to adjourn out of there and go over to Pensacola Yacht Club where we'll have the boats in the water. And then you can, I don't know what your, your format will be for the demo, but you're probably going to have a lot of people very interested in jumping on both of these boats and finding out what they're all about. I look forward to that. I've, uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. I think we're going to have a good time. We'll have the boats ready and, and, uh, and ready for folks to get on. So I think they'll be pleasantly surprised. Fantastic. Well, Hardy, I look forward to seeing you on Monday. And this is going to be so much fun. And um we will leave it there and uh, we'll talk when you arrive sounds great i appreciate that On the way to becoming the North American epicenter of high-performance sailing, Sail Pensacola is orchestrating initiatives that make recreational and professional sailors, local, regional, national, and international races, and sailing technology jobs in the Pensacola Bay sailing ecosystem. At Sail Pensacola, we say, sailing is our business. Visit our website at sailpensacola.org.